Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm Keith Tini. I'm the host of New Media Central. Okay, so my intro this week's going to be kind of short. The main part of the program is uh, a little bit longer, so I'll keep this short. I just want to preface what I'm saying with uh, this week I'm talking about violence and gun control, and they go hand in hand. Um, the bottom line is gun control, the way a lot of Democrats see it, doesn't work. It doesn't work. And I go over why and the different methods that, that are out there right now and which ones work and which ones don't. But the bottom line is you have to be strict in law enforcement with these people. That's the only way it's ever going to come to an end is you have to be strict with these people. You can't come up with a thousand different reasons why they did this violent thing. You have to go, okay, you did the violent thing. You're going down. And uh, eventually what happens is people see that and they go, I I don't want to spend the rest of my life in jail. And if I do this bad thing, for sure, I'm going to jail. There's not a bunch of libs out there saying, uh, no, he, he can't go to jail. No. If they know, if everybody knows in the world, but especially this country, knows that if you do a bad thing, especially if you do violence, especially if you do violence with a firearm, it's going to be bad. Real, real bad. Real bad. And you probably will never recover from it. If you do violence with a firearm and you hurt somebody or kill them, you're not going to get anything other than either a lifetime sentence or execution. I'm going to talk about violence a little bit. Um, we have a mall, shopping mall, near our house. It's three or four miles away. I don't know, five miles. I remember when I was a little kid, I went to this mall and have really, really good memories of it. Matter of fact, a childhood friend of mine, uh, it was built right around the time we just started driving, 16 or 17 years old, and we would regularly drive to the mall because it was a destination. It was a fun place to go. We enjoyed being there. There was all kinds of cool stuff there. Food, uh, anything you could ever think you might want to buy, especially like in clothing or something like that. And I just have really good memories of it. The uh, time, <laughs> time takes its, uh, takes its toll on everything. I went there. So this was what, um, what I'm talking about was 40 some, 35 years ago or something when, when it first opened. And it was so cool. It was it was a really cool. I mean, I'd been to shopping malls before when I was younger, and they were way far away. But this was right next to us. It was real close to us, and and it was just awesome. It was the cool big shopping mall, and it was right here. So anyway, I went I went there. Oh, I don't know. It's been a couple of years ago. For a couple of reasons, uh, there was something there at uh, one of the Dick's Sporting Goods, I think it was. No, it wasn't Dick's. Anyway, Sporting Goods store, I went there because I wanted to buy something, and they had it there. And I also went to a restaurant with my youngest daughter one time. It was called something about noodles and things or something like that. Anyway, they had one right there. So it was two for I got to go get that uh, item at the sports store and I also got to go 
have lunch at a place that I knew I liked because I'd been with my daughter. And I did. And it was, it was um, depressing because you can't ever go back. You know that old saying, you can't go back to where you grew up because it's never going to be the same and it's depressing. Well, this was that. Plus, it had taken a major dive. It was nothing like it used to be. When I was going there, you know, when I was 15 and 16 years old, it was brand new, of course, and it was shiny and bright and everything was clean and wonderful and and um, it was awesome. When I went there a couple of years ago, it was dingy and it was run down and something else that you really can't quantify. It's the way the people were acting there. When I was going as a youngster, everybody was happy. Everybody was upbeat. Everybody was walking quickly and uh, had purpose and they were going from here to there. When I went a couple of years ago, there was hardly anybody there for one, which was scary. Another thing was the people that were there were walking real slow and they had their head down and they were shuffling along and it, it didn't hit me at the time. It, to me, it was just kind of creepy to be there. And it, and it was sad because I had such good memories of the place. Okay, so anyway, we have this uh, really nice mall, completely enclosed. Uh, so when you walk from store to store, you were inside the whole time. And um, it fell off the cliff, actually. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't really say that because it took years and years. It took, you know, decades. But it did. It fell off. And uh, it was not a good place to go. Well, sometime around then, shortly after that, my youngest daughter, this had to have been a few more years ago than that, but my youngest daughter was still doing the mall thing. You know, kids like to go to the malls where they can meet up with their friends and walk around in relative comfort and relative safety. Anyway... There was a shooting there. This happened several years ago. And a matter of fact, uh, in its last 10 years or so, there's been a lot of shootings there. <laughs> I wouldn't say a lot. Three, I believe. Three different incidences. Well, anyway, after the first one, we're telling our youngest, um, uh, you can't go there anymore. And she wasn't very happy about it. I understand that. But we said, nope, not going there. Well, then I go and uh, I'm totally depressed by it. And then another shooting happens. And it makes it even worse. And it's like, okay, this is where we cannot go any longer. We can never go to this place that I had such wonderful memories of. So it, it's sad. It's a place we just can't go anymore. And then uh, yesterday, there's another shooting there. Matter of fact, it was right there at the noodle place where I went to get the lunch that one day. Uh, it was right there. I... I'm in disbelief that this area where I grew up and have fond memories of and was totally safe. Uh, our, our parents didn't have any problem with us going up there and spending time. There was no issues as far as safety. Uh, and, and the little bit of issue that there was about safety was completely covered because they had... Uh, uh, mall cops, um, you know, people in law enforcement that were walking around all the time. And uh, 
they weren't there because there was a problem. They were there to make sure there was no problem. Well, somehow, in the interim, it uh, it fell off, and uh, even though they have a police station right there in the mall, this thing happens. So, what I'm getting at here on this podcast this week is is violence, and um, it's going to happen, and it's happening more and more. People are frustrated. People don't know what they're going to do next because so much stuff is changing all the time. We're getting in wars where the whole world is crazy. And to make it even worse with communications that we have now, which are the greatest thing that could happen to humanity is also one of the worst things that could happen to humanity because in reality, bad things have always been going on. We just didn't really know about it. So we got to to walk around with rose-colored glasses, as they say, and, and we didn't know all this bad stuff was going on. Now we know. With the internet and with social media, we know what's going on around the whole world all the time within seconds. And the downside of that is it seems like there's more of it because of that. The more there is of a certain thing, the more amplified it is, and if it's a bad thing, it's it's more bad. So, I don't know if I explained that very good, but anyway, I think everybody gets it. You have a bad thing, and then when you find out this bad thing's going on all over the world, it's a lot worse. We have the perception that the world is a more evil place, whether it is or not. Uh, it doesn't really matter. We have this perception, and it weighs on our psyche. It, everybody in this country and everybody around the world thinks the world's going bad. The result of that is there's going to be violence. Whenever thing, bad things happen, violence happens. It's, it's just, it's that way. And um, so we got, we got uh, the violence happening at the mall that I grew up with and loved. And we also feel like there's more violence because of all the communication we have these days. And it, it just kind of is balling up in this crazy insanity and people are reacting violently and people are dying. And the more people die, the more violent it seems and the more likely it is there's going to be more violence. And what I'm really getting to here on this podcast this week is gun control. And I did that whole thing in the beginning to just illustrate that there is violence. When you have violence, when you have violent tendencies in people and you have firearms readily available, then you got a problem. But the real problem is how do you fix this? Because gun control, the way um, the Democrats think of it is take all, take everybody's guns, law-abiding or non-law-abiding. And we've all heard the argument, what's the problem with that, is if you take guns from the law-abiding, the only people that will have guns at that point are the outlaws. So that's clearly not a solution. Here are some of the things that Democrats want to do to fix the gun problem. Universal background checks. I don't have an issue with that. We definitely have to have background checks before we sell a gun. It's not going to be the thing that fixes it. And here's why. It's not the guy that's going out and buying the gun 
for the most part. The guys that are creating this violence are either getting it on the black market or they're stealing it or some other means that's not going through the background checks. So that clearly is not going to work. It helps. I will be the first to say that background checks are necessary and required. we got to have them. And if we keep doing them, we'll get better. Where we know when we do the background check, if the person is really a good guy or a bad guy. Hopefully we can, we can get that figured out. And background checks will help a lot. Uh, they got the what they call red flag laws. And it allows law enforcement to temporarily confiscate guns from people that they think might create problems with them. And that's okay too. It's probably necessary. Problem with that is the same problem we have with everything. Any kind of law of any kind is who gets to decide. I mean, somebody who has a grudge against somebody else that's in the power to be that person might just say, I don't like that guy, so I don't want him to have a gun. And the problem's not fixed. It's exacerbated, actually. So red flag laws are good, not complete, and just part of the arsenal. Gun safety and training, absolutely. Uh, when I was growing up, that was part of growing up. We had guns in the house and we shot them. And it was just understood that we were always completely safe. And my dad, who taught me how to shoot, taught me how to shoot safely. And that's how it has to be. This is tricky here, but if you're in a household where gun safety is not practiced and yet there's guns around, there's a problem. So that's kind of the old um, help your neighbor when you can. If you have a neighbor who likes guns, cool. And you have something in common. But if that person doesn't realize what gun safety is, you can help them out and say, hey, guns are very, very dangerous when used improperly. It's very important that we make sure everybody understands how dangerous they are and how to make sure that they're not dangerous. There's a lot of things you can do. I'm not going to go through the list right now, uh, but anybody who owns a firearm and knows how to handle a firearm knows these things. And we just have to make sure everybody knows it. If you want to have a gun, you got to be safe, period. And what else have they got? Regulating types of firearms. Well, that it's nobody's business, in my opinion. What kind of gun you have? Guns are legal, protected by the Second Amendment. I, I have an AR, and I like it. It's a semi-automatic, and it shoots a lot of bullets fast. Um, <laughs> I know how to handle it, and I would never, ever allow anyone to borrow it or even steal it. There's no way anybody's going to get a gun out of my house. It would be zero, zero, zero point zero 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 percent chance of that happening. Could, and never say never, but it's not likely anybody's going to steal a gun from my house. So I've got that gun. I'm totally safe with it. I enjoy shooting it. I mean, you get these Democrats that go, what are they going to do with that gun? They don't need 700 rounds of ammunition every time they take it out. Well, you don't need it. You also don't need a Lexus. <laughs> I mean, you can drive around in a little Chevy, but there's things you want. Why should somebody be allowed to buy a Lexus? Because cars are uh, lethal weapons also, and not be able to buy an AR. So that's, uh, yeah, that's flat out not going to work. Because, once again, if someone in the criminal element wants an AR, they're going to get it, legal or otherwise. So that doesn't, restricting and regulating the types of firearms doesn't work at all. Uh, so, anyway, where are we at? Law enforcement is where we're at. 
when people figure out that if you cause a crime with a firearm, you're going to be gone. You're going away for a long, long time. That's the only way to do it. And here's why. Trying to restrict guns, trying to get rid of guns, will never, ever, 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 ever work. It won't. Making sure that people understand if they use a weapon, committing a crime, or even just being stupid, they're going to go away for a long time. Maybe the rest of their life. And that's where we are in a lot of things right now. Uh, <laughs> crime's a problem with this current administration. It's totally out of whack. And that's never going to change either. You can't just, oh, let's be nice. If we be nice to everybody, they'll be good. No. There's good people and there's bad people. There always will be. And the bad people, if they are hurting other people, they need to be taken out of the equation. And you do that with law enforcement and incarceration, penal system. I just uh, yesterday or the day before, I was reading an article about a girl. This was in near Nashville, Tennessee. There was a guy. He was a felon. He had participated in uh, massive atrocities against other humans. And he was out there free on the street, walking around, free as a bird. And he decides he's going to use his weapon for a bad thing. And he shoots his weapon and it hits a innocent, unsuspecting girl. She's real cute, which has nothing to do with it, but it, it changes things a little bit. I mean, this cute little girl just walking around, doing her business, being with her friends, and bam, the guy kills her. Dead. I don't know what the result of that is, and I didn't do a lot of deep research on it, but he will probably get out. He will probably be free when the whole thing's over because he was uh, had problems when he was a little kid, and it's not really his fault. Yeah, it's his fault, and he needs to be put away forever, if not executed. And I know a lot of people have problems with that. I don't. We have to get these bad people out of society. And we all know it. This liberal concept of, oh, we'll take care of them if we just nice to them. No. It never works. It never will because it never has and it never will. And you have to be hard on bad people. You have to get them out. And there's two reasons for that. One, good people don't have to worry about them anymore. And people that are on the fence thinking, um, life of crime? No, I can't because the penalty is too severe. Right now, people are going, mm, life of crime? Yeah, they, they're not going to do anything to me anyway. I, I mean, people can walk into a retail store right now, grab stuff off the shelf, and walk right out and flip everybody that works there off as they're going out the door because they know they can't do anything. They know. They don't have a thing to worry about. That's wrong. So... Violence is not good. And we have to treat violence the way we know. Deep down, everybody knows deep down, the way you take care of violence is you do it harshly. You don't try to come up with reasons why this person was bad. You say, okay, you want to do something bad? You're going to go in a little cage or you're going to die. And magically, not really magically, but it will seem magically, crime will go down. 
when law enforcement is allowed to do its job and take care of this problem, crime will go down. It will go way down, matter of fact. And so that's my podcast for this week. This is how we take care of violence and bad actors. We do what we all know, every one of us knows, needs to be done. When you're a little kid and you do something bad, you get a spanking. That stays with society throughout the entire life of everyone. You do something bad, we as a society are going to say, nope, can't do that, and here's the penalty. And it has to be enforced. And it has to be realistic. (laughs) 